Today, we're talking about my song, Let the Past Die. I'll break down the writing and recording process, things you may not notice about the track, and my favorite parts about it. All that and more coming up in just a minute. Welcome to the Royish Good Looks Podcast, episode number 15. My name is Roy, and thank you for joining me. There was such a good response to the first Inside the Song episode on Fallen Jedi Knights that I just had to do another. It's hard to choose just one song to talk about, so let me know in the comments what songs you would like to hear me break down the most and I'll add them to my to-do list. Either way, I am really excited to talk about Let the Past Die today. I think it's one of my most unique songs, and hopefully you'll agree after listening to this episode. But before we jump into the song, if you would like to support this podcast and my music, consider signing up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. You'll get all sorts of cool perks every month. Patrons also get ad-free MP3s of every podcast. So if you're on YouTube and the ad breaks are slowing you down, every episode is available ad-free on Patreon. It's a whole community, and I would love for you to be a part of it. Plus, you'll be helping to keep the show running, which... I really appreciate. A huge shout out to all of my patrons. There are over 50 of you now. So thank you for your support and let's get in to the show. Let the Past Die was released in December 2019, right before The Rise of Skywalker was out in theaters. It's always been my goal to release at least one new song leading up to the films, and I've carried that over to the live-action TV shows, too, with my handful of Mandalorian songs, and hopefully we can keep that tradition up when Disney Plus becomes overwhelmed with new Star Wars shows. It'd be great if that led to a plethora of new original Star Wars songs, too. Since this song was written before Rise of Skywalker came out, It's mostly based off of the story from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, but I did put some footage from the Rise of Skywalker trailers in the music video, kind of speculating on which scenes from the trailer sort of fit in with the theme of the song. The song is told from both Kylo Ren and Rey's point of views. I'm not really a huge fan of the sequels, but Kylo and Rey's relationship is one of the more interesting parts about the sequels to me. And with that quote, let the past die, kill it if you have to. The idea that we can reinvent ourselves and determine our own destiny, I find that really inspiring. Kylo and Rey are both trying to find meaning in their lives. They have different motivations, obviously. And the quote is a little overdramatic, but I think we can all relate to it to some degree. We're all in control of our own destiny, and you can be who you want to be regardless of where you came from, even if it is... Jack who? That junkyard? Thank you, junkyard. The vibe of the song is very different. It's not like my average style song, 
happy and upbeat and anthemic. Let the Past Die is kind of angry sounding, but also kind of mellow at the same time. I would say it's one of my more emo sounding songs. The song is based mostly around the ukulele, which is definitely an odd instrumentation for such an aggressive sounding song, but that's just how the writing process started. I was on Thanksgiving vacation, sitting in a hotel room, and I had my ukulele with me. It is pretty much the most travel-friendly instrument you can have, and I don't really travel much, but when I do, I try to bring it with me because you never know when the moment's going to strike and you've got to work out a brand new idea or, you know, it's just nice to have a musical instrument if you're a musical person. Otherwise, you end up just banging on tables and whistling and driving everybody around you nuts. So I remember sitting in the hotel, jamming on the uke and coming up with that chorus riff. It's got these great open tones, this kind of finger-picked part. It's a little emo and somber, but it's very pretty at the same time. And I love guitar riffs that are like this, where they're almost more like a melody rather than just chords. It makes them really fun to play, and it makes the part interesting on its own without even having the rest of the song. But there is one problem to jamming on the ukulele and using all of those open strings, those open tones, it kind of determines what keys that you're going to wind up writing your song in. So Let the Past Die ends up being in the key of G because of this ukulele riff, which is a really great key if you're singing down low, like a country song. But for an emo pop song, it tends to be just a little too high for a tenor vocal like myself. And you can hear it at times in the song. I'm often singing at the very top of my range, which kind of makes for an interesting dynamic between the really soft and friendly sounds of the ukulele, and then you have my really aggressive and loud singing. Otherwise, if it was just quiet ukulele and quiet singing, it would be more like a lullaby, and you wouldn't have so much drama and theatrics behind it. Sort of a side note here, the YouTube channel Vox made a video called We Measured Pop Music's Falsetto Obsession. I'll link it in the description in the show notes. They looked at a ton of popular songs over time and basically found that we tend to love music where the singer is at the top of their range, singing in the highest keys, the highest notes that they can hit when they're just singing their pants off. And if that's true, it definitely explains Hello from the Dark Side, which is in the key of A flat, one step higher than Let the Past Die. Both of these songs are kind of outside of my vocal range. In retrospect, I probably should have written Let the Past Die in two or three keys lower than it actually is. It definitely makes for an epic production, but it's really tough to sing and if you ever see me perform this song live, I'm definitely going to play it a few keys lower to try and make it easy on myself. Thanks for nothing, ukulele.
Verse one is Kylo's verse. Force runs strong in my family. Can't you see? But there's something wrong in this galaxy. I'm not fulfilling my destiny. It starts with just vocals and ukulele. It actually starts with the vocals in that lower register. I don't start singing the high C just yet. The kick drum enters after a few measures, and you hear this kind of sound effect. You see? In the music video, I sync it up with Darth Vader's lightsaber igniting. I wasn't intending to make a lightsaber sound effect, but that's just how it sort of turned out. I was trying to come up with fun ways to transition different parts from one to another. There's a lot of experimenting on this song with effects in between every transition. And this sound effect, believe it or not, it's actually a bunch of shakers and tambourines and scratching on the back of my ukulele. All of that mixed together with a ton of effects, obviously, just to try and spice the song up a little bit. It's just kind of a bonus that it sort of sounds like a lightsaber. Then we get to the pre-chorus. There's this watery, clean guitar just playing chords. The hi-hats sneak in a little bit here. And then the vocals jump up to the higher register. The lower register is still in the background too. It's just mixed a little bit lower. I wanna be free of this pain. And like I said, the melody is really high, but having to kind of force out those notes, I think pairs really well with the lyrics of I want to be free of this pain. It seems like a lyric that you would have to scream at the top of your lungs. Then we have a classic Royish Good Looks cadence, a little pause right before the chorus comes in. The cymbals swell up and wash us into the first chorus. Of this pain, let the past die. And everything gets just a little beefier. The bass guitar comes in for the first time. It has this kind of pumping and pulsing rhythm to it. There's also distorted electric guitars outlining all of the chord changes. This chorus and the whole song up to this point has such anticipation. It hasn't quite broken in yet. All of the chords are suspended and they never really resolve. It feels sort of unsettled and I think that fits well with the theme. You're trying to get away from your past, but you haven't quite got there yet. The way the vocals were written for the chorus is sort of a cardinal sin of vocal arranging. You can tell I was working them out inside of Pro Tools. Most of the vocal lines kind of overlap each other. And it sounds great on the recording, but you can't really perform it naturally. It's hard to squeeze in all these lines with the same timing as the recording. The funny thing is, I did write most of this chorus while playing and singing along with the ukulele in that hotel room. 
But when I went to demo the song and record it, I wound up rearranging everything. Originally, the vocals didn't repeat so many times in a row, so there was a lot more empty space, and that was just kind of boring. So to fix that, I just added more repetition. It sort of reminds me of something you might hear by Sting or The Police, where you've got one lyric and you keep repeating it, but you switch the melody up just a little bit every time. It makes the song catchier in the end. The way this chorus is written, it really reminds me of Roxanne by The Police. Then there's a quick interlude with some more fun sound design elements. There's what I call a treble drop, a bunch of echoes, and a reverse effect. And then we're back into verse two. Let the past die. I waited so long. Verse two is Ray's verse. And it's kind of like the chorus arrangement here. The drums are still beating along. The bass is holding down the low end. We add this palm muted guitar part off to the left, sort of chugging along. For my family. There's also a lot more vocal echoes at the end of each line in this verse. So long. For my family. Can't you see? This is another sort of cheap production trick, but I just love that when the last lyric sort of trails off with an echo. I'm always sort of nervous about leaving blank space in a song. I always try to fill it up with some kind of sound, whether it's a vocal repeating a line or an echo or some kind of musical thing to keep your interest. Unless you're sort of intentionally trying to let things get quiet so the next thing seems a little bit louder. We're also back to the lower registers in this verse. Plus, there's a few harmonies that pop in and out on a couple of different lines. In this galaxy. Then there is this awesome 80s-inspired drum fill. It's actually the same tom-tom playing over and over, but each hit is kind of slow-mode, and it pans from left to right. So it sounds kind of like it is a full set of toms, but it's really the same tom-tom over and over. That fill combined with the lightsaber effect, it just makes for awesome little ear candy in between those lines. Then we get to pre-chorus two, which is probably my favorite part of the song. Vocals jump back to that higher octave, and there are background vocals that harmonize with each other left and right. And this is stolen straight out of any Goldfinger song or John Feldman production. They are some of my biggest influences on recording and producing music. So the backgrounds are not super thick and doubled up. There's just one on the left side and one on the right side, and it makes it feel more like a band on stage. It's kind of cool to be able to find each singer individually rather than having the whole massive wall of sound thing. You still get a full vocal arrangement and you leave room to beef it up more for when you finally get to the chorus. My favorite part in this pre-chorus, and 
probably the whole song, is the line, I need someone to show me my place. That scene is really powerful in The Last Jedi, and I love how the melody is just begging for attention there. I sing in my falsetto for a moment on the words, show me. I rarely sing in my falsetto. I have used it on Hello from the Dark Side and Jar Jar Binks Anthem, the Roy version. I really only use it when I can't hit the actual note in my chest voice. So it's sort of a cheat code. I don't usually enjoy how my falsetto sounds, but I love it for this line and that lyric. Really, this song should be a duet with a guy and a girl. So using my falsetto is the next best thing to kind of allude to that. The way the melody just weaves in and out of the falsetto, it just sounds so desperate and vulnerable. Thematically, I think it works really well. So now we're in chorus two, and as you would expect, it's bigger and better. The drums finally break into a full beat here. We've got this big fat snare drum that comes in, shakers and tambourine. And it's a little hard to hear, but there are these palm muted guitars that chug along with the bass guitar. Of course, there are vocal harmonies everywhere, and most of the harmonies are below the main melody. I talked a little bit about this on the last episode, how having a lower harmony has a more subtle vibe than singing above the main melody. I kind of had to sing a lower harmony for this song because of the stupid key that it's in, but it also adds to the mysterious vibe of the song. Some of the harmonies end up being fourths and fifths, not just thirds, like you might expect. Let the past die. Let the past die. Let the past die. The chorus is also extended this time through. And this was another, like, throwing mud at the wall sort of thing. I was trying to arrange the chorus to be interesting each time through without just repeating it verbatim. So we've got this a cappella vocal part that transitions us into. I guess what you would call the B part of the chorus. A lot of the vocals from this B part of the song are kept from the demo recording. I know for sure the little rundown on Let Go is from the demo. I was writing and recording every line one by one. So I'd come up with a cool melody, hit record, come up with another one, hit record. So that's why everything is overlapping and has so much energy to it. And I think it sounds really cool, but everything was so unique to that one writing session that I ended up keeping a lot of the vocal runs and some of the really high notes. A lot of that was hard to duplicate without that same kind of urgency. It's also really funny paying close attention to these melodies now, 
because I've been practicing this song on acoustic guitar and I do not sing it at all like it is on the recording. So stay tuned for my acoustic reimagining of Let the Past Die. I'm going to make it a little bit easier on myself. (laughs) Now we're in the bridge. And what's interesting about this part is the bulk of it was cherry picked from another song I was writing at the time, but couldn't finish. It was a song that was supposed to encompass all three trilogies, the prequels, the originals, and the sequels. I wanted it to lead up to the rise of Skywalker, but I couldn't really complete it without knowing what happened in the movie, and I never returned to it after the movie came out. So it still needs a little bit of work, but it has a pretty cool chorus. So I still might return to it one day. Of course, now it needs another bridge. But since that song didn't seem like it was on the fast track, it was just easier to steal the bridge from that rather than let it go to waste on a half-finished song. It's not the most inventive part, lyrically speaking, but it's just quintessential Star Wars quoting. It could probably fit with almost any of my Star Wars songs. So it's a little generic, but it's a pretty anthemic and epic part nonetheless. The drums break down to a halftime beat. The reverb is cranked on the snare drum in the tambourine. It's kind of corny, but again, it adds to the drama of the part. There's also a synth pad filling up some more space, which is kind of hard to notice, but it's actually been playing in the background since the second verse. It is kind of tucked away, but it gets a little brighter in the bridge. At the end of the bridge, I love this big vocal stack on the word die. There are a ton of harmonies on it and even a few falsetto vocals that really help sell the dramatic effect. Then we have this epic transition to the last chorus. There are a bunch of sound design effects thrown in here. The transition reminds me sort of like a plane crash, like everything is crumbling down. The video I paired for this part is when Kylo Ren is pulling the roof down on Luke. The arrangement here just feels very chaotic, like something is just about to pop. There's a pick scrape, a treble drop, and a bass drop, and a bunch of reverse effects and cymbal swells that lead us into that final chorus. Or as Palpatine might say, the final chorus. I guess I can't really do a good Palpatine. (laughs) So chorus three is pretty much the same as chorus two, but there are a few more guitar layers. There are big fat power chords, this kind of stabbing skank guitar part and there's also lead guitars that double with the little ukulele fill 
They remind me of the lead guitars you'd hear in a metal song or a power ballad, which I've mentioned on the podcast before. I love a good guitar lead. In general, I just love how that melody is shared between the ukulele and the guitars and also the vocals. That melody is like its own little theme within the song. The a cappella vocal part gets a little bit more epic with another layer of harmonies. And for the very last line of the chorus, I go up to my falsetto one more time on the word past. And I guess you could call this a little bit of word painting. Falsetto is sort of like a vocal that doesn't exist. So singing the word that way, it's kind of like you're finally moving on from the past. Now, no song breakdown would be complete without celebrating some of the YouTube comments on it. I'm not going to read any specifically, but there are a lot of comments where people have said something like, I didn't like the sequels, but this song makes me like the sequels. And I don't think it's just the song itself. When you pair the song with footage from the films, it makes both the song and the film more powerful. I often find myself finding new appreciation for different character arcs or plot lines while I'm putting the videos together. Like I said up top, I'm not the biggest fan of The Last Jedi or The Rise of Skywalker, but when you dive deeper and focus on one character's internal struggles and their motivations rather than the movie on a whole, it almost always makes that particular element more meaningful and more enjoyable. So I'm glad I'm not the only one that feels that way. I think it's very tired to hear people complain about the prequels or the sequels. And I might be guilty of this myself from time to time, but I do believe that there is something to love from every era of Star Wars so there's no reason to completely write off any of it. I'm sure you probably agree, but if not, maybe I'll write a song about it and change your mind. So I think Let the Past Die is one of my most unique songs. It's so theatrical and in your face. There's just so much tension and emotion behind it, both thematically and musically. And of course, it's one of my most successful songs, and that is because of people like you listening to it. So thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this little breakdown of it today. And if you did, make sure to leave a comment below on what song you'd like me to break down next. And if you'd like to go even more behind the scenes, then consider signing up for my Patreon. Patrons get a ton of one-on-one -on -one access to me, like asking me anything, Star Wars, songwriting, recording, YouTube, whatever you want to ask, I will give you an answer, and I might even answer it on the show. I will check out your art, your music, your podcast, you name it, and give you my personal feedback. And you can even get your name listed as a producer on new podcasts and videos. So it's a whole community and I would love for you to be a part of it. Plus you'll be helping support this show and my music. If that sounds cool to you, sign up at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. 
Otherwise, just give me a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Royish Good Looks. Join our private Facebook group called Royish Good Looks. And whenever you're listening to the show, share the podcast episodes in your feeds and tag me. I really appreciate the support. I can't do it without you. So thank you for listening. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Take care.